Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Dave Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Meredith Pickle. <laughs> Howdy. I really hope someone tuned in right as yeah. soon as the intro started and it's very, very it's like, Wait, what? Uh, no. Anyway, my name is Greg Tepper. She's Ashley Pick. I should make sure because uh, those were names that were given to us by our parents and we should be make sure we are thankful for those. Um, okay. Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. 127 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 998. 998. We are two away. Is or, the well, away, Rick Steizemzik. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Stelmazic. Okay. Rick Stelmazic episode. Just He's 998th <laughs> episode uh, all time. He played in seven games for the Rangers in 1973. Although, no, he did play for the. I should be clear. He played in 1971 with the Senators. And then he played in 73, seven games with the Rangers. So he played a grand total of 13 games for the Senators and Rangers. Um, anyway. He's 998th all time in alphabetically as far as players who played for the Texas Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Do we have first fourth through the door? We sure do. It was Andrew Christensen, uh, Ed McElroy, Rob Hadaway, and Alan Shepard. Welcome in, fellas. On today's show, my friends, we are going to answer your questions about whatever you want, but probably about the UIL ruling yesterday, right? The UIL announcement yesterday about the adjustments to the 2020 Texas high school football season. We will answer your questions as best we can. We will have some help from an actual expert. We'll be joined by Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, our high school football insider, going to get some insights. We're going to answer your questions the best we can. You should know that there are going to be questions that you have that the answer to which is, I don't know. know. (laughs) But we're going to try to do our best to... uh, clarify and answer your questions as best we can about the UIL ruling. Also, if you've got questions about high school football or college football or recruiting or lifestyle or romance or travel or uh, Ashley. My name is Meredith. Please refer to me properly. Um, Then uh, we'd be happy to answer those as well. That's coming up at the back half of the show. So if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's, ask your questions on the comments, which I think are over here, right? Yep. Look at you. They're over here. Um, make sure you answer those questions. A, uh, before that, we're going to get to this week in recruiting with Greg Powers and next level athlete. He will talk about the recruiting impact of that, plus a lot of other great content. A programming note. Yes, big time. <clears throat> Today is the last show of the week. Today is the last show until next Thursday. Mm-hmm. We will be back on Thursday, July 30th. That will be episode 999. We will then, on July 31st, Friday, July 31st, episode one thousand yeet hashtag tft 1000 uh we are doing our 1000th episode we are going to be doing a show for seven hours 9 a.m to 4 p.m we are going to be uh, broadcasting here we're going to be talking about all things high school football college football recruiting we're going to have massive big name guests that you will not want to miss i just learned the name of one of them today Mm -hmm. and i am super fired up it's one that pickle booked good job pickle I didn't tell you that. Thank I think you. I, I think I told you nice in the text message. But. Yes. Well, your nice had an exclamation mark behind it, which I knew for you meant 
Okay. Actually, he's nice. kind of excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I'll just say this: he's a professional athlete. Yes. How about that? So we will. But we've got a lot. I got of, connections. We've got big name <laughs> guests coming up. We're also going to be raising money uh, during TFT 1000 for nine different food banks across the state of Texas. Uh, we're going to be raising, we've, we've identified nine food banks across the state of Texas uh, that we hope you will uh, you will give some, uh, uh, be generous to uh, to help out our, uh, our, our Texan brothers and sisters who could really use some help right now. We've got, um, we're, we're looking to raise $9,000, which is pretty easy to, to see. We want to take, we want to raise $9,000 in order to, um, donate nine $1,000 to nine different uh, food banks. And the cool part is is they stretch all the way across the state, so you yeah. can help <clears throat> everyone. So the Texas. food banks we've got, uh, going west, I guess theoretically west to east, kind of, sort of? It's, it, you know, mostly west to east. Uh, El Paso and Fighting Hunger out in El Paso, West Texas Food Bank in Midland, Odessa, High Plains Food Bank in Amarillo, South Texas Food Bank in Laredo, Food Bank of the Rio Grande Valley in Far, Central Texas Food Bank in Austin, North Texas Food Bank in Plano, East Texas Food Bank in Tyler, and Southeast Texas Food Bank in Beaumont. Nine food banks. We're going to be raising money for all nine. Our goal is to raise $9,000 enough for a $1,000 donation. And <clears throat> as an added bonus, if you donate $10 during the show on next Friday, we will read your name and donation live on the air. Yep. So Peppers, dulcet tones. Or pickles. Your You're going to be reading some too. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. So we're going to need your help. <laughs> so anyway, we hope that you will check that out. Uh, that's next Friday. That's not this Friday. Not two days from now. Nine days from now. July 31st. It's Texas Football Today 1000. Huge name guests. Seven hours. We're raising money. You will not want to miss that. Okay. A little bit earlier today, we caught up with Greg Powers, an excellent athlete. Talk about the biggest news and notes in the recruiting world, as well as what the UIL announcement does to recruiting world. Here's our conversation with Greg Powers here on Texas Football Today. Tepper, that's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Recruiting. It's This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers and Next Level Athletes, presented by our friends at Chicken Express. Love that chicken. Powers, how you doing, buddy? Great. How are you guys? Uh, been busy talking about high school football in the last 24 hours? It's Question been- mark. It's been a couple of, a of, of hours. It's been it's been a minute here uh, that that we've been uh, flying by the seat of our pants. You know, first that's kind of the first topic I want to I want to broach with you is you have a piece up on TexasFootball.com about the recruiting impact of the UIL's announcement yesterday that they are moving 6A and 5A later while keeping 4A and below the same. Uh, can you kind of give us the, the gist of how you see the UIL's decision yesterday impacting the recruiting world? I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the recruiting world as it relates to some of the top D1 prospects in the state of Texas, but it could certainly have uh, some long-lasting effects for some of the smaller type of schools who are evaluating these guys. I think the biggest thing is that if this current NCAA calendar stays in effect the way it is, that 6A and 5A players will have three fewer weeks that coaches will be out at their games to evaluate them in person. Just another setback for the colleges this year who have had constant setbacks and have not been able to get out on their road to evaluate prospects. And here's a note um, for the prospects who might be listening to this is make sure that you are ready physically to go out and perform that first few weeks of the season because the game tape is more important than it ever has been before and those first three games are going to be very important uh, to your recruiting process whether you're a 2021 prospect who's looking to add some more offers or trying to climb up uh, the list for some colleges or you're an underclassman that's trying to get on a college's radar those first few weeks are going to be pretty important for uh, your recruitment. Let's start with our normal nonsense here, where we talk uh, the, the biggest news and notes from across the Lone Star State in the world of recruiting. Let's start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise, we're going down to the Golden Triangle, West Orange Stark. And normally when we talk West Orange Stark, we talk defense. We're talking offense today. Offensive lineman Demetrius Hunter 
uh, is picking up some steam off uh, on offers. Picked up three big offers, including Colorado, SMU, and Texas A&M joining Oklahoma and Arizona State. This is a guy who was just a sophomore last year, an all-district sophomore last year. Uh, this is a guy that we could have easily slotted into underclassmen of the week, uh, but this is a guy that certainly is starting to catch the attention of recruiters uh, across the nation. Yeah, it was a pretty nice week with three big offers coming in, two from in-state to join uh, Oklahoma and Arizona State. What I like about Hunter is that he's a very athletic uh, specimen up front, and he's another one of these guys who's a true center. That class of 2022 is starting to stack up with some nice center prospects as uh, Johnny Dixon from Corpus Christi Flower Bluff has also been um, picking up some recruiting steam as well. Uh, another guy who's a true center. But what I, I really like about Hunter is he's so quick off the football. Uh, he has great athleticism and reach. He's able to get uh, clear lanes up front. And you see him here making a huge pancake. And that that ability to get that first step and get the thing moving, that's what's so important about him. And true centers aren't easy to find, and he, he's one that uh, can certainly do that. So that's why you see colleges starting to uh, pick up their attention with him. It's a guy certainly to keep an eye on down there in the Golden Triangle, a big offensive lineman, 6'3", 290. Love his frame already. Going to be entering his junior year here in 2020. Let's get to our commit of the week. This was probably the biggest news of the week last week in um, in recruiting, and that is the number one overall prospect in the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Hot 100 has pulled the trigger. Tommy Brockermeyer, the offensive tackle from Fort Worth All Saints, along with his brother, his twin brother, who is one of the very best, if not the best, center in the class of the 2021 uh, uh, rankings, they have both committed to Alabama. The Crimson Tide, you know, they, they pick them over Texas, which I think is the big upset here because that's a Brockermeyer legacy there. Um, but, uh, boy, you just you feel good for Alabama. Finally getting a recruiting <laughs> win. That's good, good for them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Alabama's done a pretty good job recruiting the Lone Star State in recent years. They have a knack for being able to secure some of the top talents in the country. I think that you really um, kind of spoke on what the big story is with this, is that both Tommy and James Brockermeyer, who are a Longhorn legacy, I mean, it, it's a long-lasting legacy. You know, their father was an All-American at Texas before going on to play in the NFL. Their grandfather played at Texas. Their mom went to Texas. They have a brother on the roster at Texas right now who's on scholarship so this was a um a setback for UT just because of the connections you know it, it's hard to replace uh number one offensive tackle not only in the state but some consider him as the number one offensive tackle prospect in the entire nation who is a legacy recruit that's sitting right uh within your border so that's a setback for them that's going to be hard for them to replace but they've already started to go out and evaluate uh, other offensive tackles in the class of 2022, they extended an offer to Dickinson's offensive tackle, Patrick P.J. Williams. So they're out there uh, trying to find a replacement for Tommy Brockermeyer on that list. So they do have a commitment from big offensive tackle Hayden Connor from Katie Taylor right now in the 2021 class. Um, but, you know, they're going to be out there evaluating guys, and this is a chance for other players in the state of Texas who are hungry to be a Longhorn to lay it down on tape those first, first few weeks of the season and possibly earn an offer. Well, and one thing that as I think far is as really Alabama's good. As far as Alabama's concerned, you know, this is a home run for them. You know, they found an offensive center. You're only going to take one of them. They got the number one guy in Texas, and they were able to uh, work their way in to get a duo. I mean, a true star duo from the Lone Star State. Um, and I think those are the exact type of guys Alabama wants on its roster. They're great teammates. They're great leaders. Um, Ashley, as a matter of fact, when she was talking with Coach Aaron Beck at All Saints, got a great quote from him about James being um, the quarterback of the offensive line last year as Tommy Brockermeyer was out with a shoulder injury. Uh, so he stepped up in a big way for All Saints last year, and now they'll have both of those guys up front uh, blocking for Hampton Fay, a commitment at quarterback to Michigan State. I think all Saints you have to put in the mix for a potential state championship run uh, in 2021 in taps. 
It's a really interesting situation there with that because Tommy Brockermeyer is such a, a great player, obviously the number one prospect in our, in our rankings, I feel like his brother really underrated. I think that James Brockermeyer, I think that, yes, okay, okay, this is taking nothing away from Tommy. Tommy's an unbelievable player, but the fact that they are also, that, that the second best player they're getting, quote unquote, in this in this package is James Brockermeyer, that's super good. That's like that's a really, really big get there for Alabama. It's Greg Powers, the next level athlete, joining us on this week in recruiting here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Let's go to our underclassman of the week. Our underclassman of the week, we're going to East of Dallas, to Garland. Uh, Garland 2022 athlete Jordan Hudson pulled the trigger this week. He is heading to Oklahoma. He had offers from all over, including Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma State. Um, he is—he's uh, certainly on that. You mentioned he's on that 2022 five-star watch list. Um, this guy is uh, athlete is the right word because he just kind of does everything really well. Yeah, and he—he he really jumped out to me in person last year. I think I went to the—it was—it was the Garland uh, Garland Lakeview Centennial game, and that was a game that was just loaded up. As you look back at it with top prospects, you know, because Garland has Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle, Lakeview Centennial has Kamar Wheaton and Ezra Oyatade and Big Ike on the defensive line. So there were a lot of really talented players in that game. Jordan Hudson was right up there with Kamar Wheaton as being the top prospect on the field that day. And I think you look at him being on the five-star watch list and kind of look at where he's checking in at ratings, um, across maybe some of the other services, I think that he is one of these guys that is truly in the mix to be a top 10 prospect in the state. He's very athletic. He has the size and frame to play either side of the football. Um, I really like him. This is a huge, I mean, to be honest, this is a huge get for Oklahoma because he's one of the top players in the entire country, Jordan Hudson. And he's, he probably doesn't get his just due or the respect he deserves quite yet um there are not a lot of media services who actually cover games in garland isd due to some stringent rules for covering games there so i don't think there's been a lot of people who had a chance to see what he brings in pads he's certainly made an impact in camps and seven on seven settings this offseason but when you see this guy in pads you're even more impressed He's a guy certainly to keep an eye on is uh, Jordan Hudson, the uh, the athlete from Garland, uh, 2022, now an Oklahoma commit. Let's wrap it all up with our Recruit of the Week. Our Recruit of the Week is going to Mansfield, defensive end David Abiara, a guy we've mentioned here before. He also pulled the trigger this week, and he, uh, some small independent program, um, he pulled the trigger to. He's heading to, um, no, uh, he, rather, he was committed to Notre Dame, but now they're still hopeful for a flip. That's what you're. That's what you're saying. Here. Yeah, he, I misread this. He com- he committed to Notre Dame back in March, but mm-hmm. SMU and Oklahoma are the two schools that are really pushing to try to flip him. Um, and I think that uh, he's listening to the pitches from both the Mustangs and the Sooners right now. They, they're strongly in the game to land the commitment um, from David Abiara. Um, I just think maybe he wants to stay a little bit closer to home. And, of course, both of those schools do offer him that opportunity. Um, So he's one who we're watching very closely uh, over the next uh, few days, next few weeks, to see if SMU and Oklahoma can get enough traction to go ahead and get him to pull the trigger on a flip. Um, He's a four-star prospect, and he's one of the most coveted defensive players in the entire state. As a matter of fact, he's in the top 25 overall. He's number 22 in the DCTF Hot 100. So you're talking about an elite, elite uh, defensive lineman. And and if he does stay in state and SMU is able to secure that flip, I mean, that's a huge feather in the cap for what uh, Coach Dykes is doing there and his staff there is doing a great job recruiting um, the state of Texas this year especially. And, and a four-star commitment on the defensive line would certainly signify that uh, – that recruiting rise for the Mustangs. No doubting the measurables either. 6'4", 275. He is a monster off the defensive edge. This would be a huge get for either Oklahoma or SMU if they can pry him away from Notre Dame. He's Greg Powers. He is with Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at Scout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Powers, appreciate your time. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you, I don't know, next week. We'll, we'll do something. I don't know. I'll text you. Let's do it again next week, and I'm going to love to pick your brain next week after uh, you wrap up your quarterback interview series about who the best 
your impressions of talking to these great quarterbacks across the state. I, I kind of want to talk to you about that next week. So maybe something to look forward to uh, for the fans who are listening to this right now. That's what we call a vertical tease. Thanks, Powers. <laughs> Thanks. There he is, Greg Powers, next Tepper. level athlete. That's Greg oh, Powers. Oh, and this oh, is, he's oh, coming oh, back. Uh, no. It's the return of Powers. I can only handle so much Powers in one day. <laughs> um, Greg Powers, next level athlete. Appreciate his time. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow next level athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. And thanks to our friends at Chicken Express. Team rolls. For being our sp- the proud sponsor of uh, of the, uh, the This Week in Recruiting. Um, whether your team rolls, whether your team biscuits, you better be team rolls. Whether your team, whether your team gravy, whether your team ranch, whether your team honey mustard, whether your team barbecue, no matter what your team is, Chicken Express, Chicken Express is, is there your for you. team. <laughs> that, was that sounds the like the easiest a t- oh my thing God. you've very, ever done. <laughs> man, it, what's that? Oh, I'm hearing in my ear. Oh, they've pulled their sponsorship. Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate Chicken Express for sponsorship. Cutting you off. We're Texas Football. Today, we're here every week at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across Lone Star State. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe if you want to support this show and get a bunch of good stuff and be a, be a cool guy and sports texasfootball.com slash subscribe really good really good this sales pitch this has been again. a painful like really minute and a half pitch. I told you I'm not a good salesman it's terrible uh, texasfootball.com slash subscribe please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texasfootball Insider also a very small note thank you for, uh, for for making texasfootball.com your source for all things Texas high school football yesterday was Y'all our biggest traffic day on texasfootball.com in like I'm getting I'm getting will to check on it, but a long time. Like, it was aw- go y'all. It might have been bigger than state championships, which is hard to beat. It was a nutso day. So anyway, thank you for for trusting us to be your source for Texas high school football. Speaking of trusting sources for Texas high school football, let's go to the hotline and let's go to his broke boy Android phone and be joined. <laughs> By Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, who got a new phone. Congratulations, buddy. Uh-oh. Do we have Step? We do. Did he hang up? No, he's still on. Step, can you hear us, bud? I can hear you. I can't hear Tepper. Can you hear me? Oh, no. Oh, Pickle, what'd you do? Uh, I didn't do anything. Let me It kind of sounds in. like you did something. This is going great. This is going really well. Pickle, Step, do you read me? Step, can you hear him now? I can hear you. Oh. Say, tell Tepper to say something. Tepper is talking, talking right now on the air. On I can't hear Tepper. Oh, mm. no. Uh, okay, we're going to try to figure that out. Anyway, we are going to open it up to Mailbag Wednesday. It's a new Mailbag Wednesday. Uh, ask us questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, all sorts of good stuff. Let us know on Facebook, facebook.com. We want to answer your questions. If you have questions about the um 2020 texas high school football season what it's going to look like we will do our best to answer them so pickle while you're calling him back why don't you feed me a question and i'd be happy to uh how about will you talk about how they're going to be able to donate on the 1000 yes, show absolutely so tft is coming uh tft 1000 is coming next friday that's july 31st we are celebrating our 1000th episode of this dumb internet show step do you hear me Nope, he doesn't. Um, no, maybe it's his new phone. Do you need to tweak those tweak those things? Anyway. Um, Texas Football Today 1000 is coming. We are going to have a link on texasfootball.com. You'll be hearing us say the link over and over and over. I don't want to give it yet because it's not active. But we will have a link that you can click on. It's going to be a GoFundMe. So you're going to be able to answer or you're going to be able to do those things um, and, and, and donate as best you can, as much as you can. Uh, we'll have a link for you to go. It'll be a GoFundMe so you can use your credit card. You can use PayPal, stuff like that. But we're going to hope to raise $9,000 for food banks across the state of Texas. Step, do you read me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? We did it. Let's go. Hang the mission. Yay. We did it. Let's all right. Let's go. Okay. Step, you're here. First of all, congratulations on getting a new broke boy uh, Android. That's really awesome. <sighs> Look, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I fear change. So <laughs> I've always had an Android, so I'll stick with an Android. 
and uh, team, hashtag team rolls. Uh, hashtag Thank team you rolls. for team rolls, but never be the green bubble guy. Yeah, I know. All right. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. We've got Matt Step on the line. We're going to answer your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, anything you've got. But most importantly, probably questions about the announcement that came down from the UIL yesterday. Please know that the answer for from us may be I don't know because there's still a lot of things we don't know. But, uh, Step, I would say that our podcast yesterday, Tep and Step, it went pretty well. It went good, and I'm looking forward to wildly speculating with you uh, again like we did on the podcast. If you haven't listened to the podcast, listen to Tep and Step and listen to us wildly speculate. It's gonna, it, it's, it's a good time. It's about 46 minutes of us talking about the big decision yesterday. So, in any case, Pickle, do we have anybody who has any questions about us? Uh, we've got plenty of questions. Let's start off with um, Josh Chapa asked, speculate on what y'all think state week will look like for small schools and big schools. Also, will the venue be AT&T for small schools only? Uh, Step, I'm going to kick it to you and let you start the speculation. So um, for the small schools, um, the dates don't change, but I could definitely – at least the weekend doesn't change. Um, I could definitely see um, – uh, so you're looking at 1A, 2A – so we're looking at eight games um, mm-hmm. potentially that weekend instead of 12. So I could easily see uh, maybe something like six-man being played on Thursday and um, – or 1A, sorry. Uh, 1A being doubleheader on Thursday, maybe a back-to-back tripleheader Friday and Saturday um, would be if I was – running the show that's what i would do that makes the most sense to Mm -hmm. me to get eight games into three days well and furthermore the other thing that you have to consider is that because uh 1a is six-man football they play on a smaller field there will need to be lines painted and we've seen we've seen them go out and scrub the lines out between the 11 the six-man 11-man games and they do a great job but i'm sure they would not mind having overnight to be able to do that um, for sure. And so there there doesn't be a field change. There is going to be a question about when the state championship games are going to be played for the 6A and 5A. And I mentioned this on on Tep and Step yesterday. But right now, uh, from what we heard, and I believe Dr. Brightup, Dr. Charles Brightup, the executive director of the UIL, mentioned to Craig Way yesterday, that right now they're planning on it being the week of January 11th. Now, January 11th is a Monday, so it's that week sometime. They've kind of plotted that out. But that would also be conditional on them playing on Christmas week, mm-hmm. which yes. would be and Christmas is a Friday this year because, of course, it's 2020. Everything has to go as wrong <laughs> as possible. Uh, Christmas is a Friday and nobody's going to play on Christmas. I think that's 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 for sure. I would not be surprised. I've said this. My prediction right now is that the UIL backs off of that and they bump it back a week and they take that as a dead week. That's my prediction. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to come to to fruition, but if that does get bumped back, it would then be um, July 20. It would be January 21, 22. My guess would be this is again, my guess is they would try to get AT&T Stadium again. That is NFC Championship game weekend. Mm -hmm. So technically, the Cowboys could be hosting a game. But it would be on January. It would be on Sunday. My guess is that they would try to rent the building January twenty second, twenty third. Play five A on Friday, six uh, A on Saturday. Just do doubleheaders. That's my yeah. initial guess. Yeah, that's my. That, that would be my thought as well. I mean, and hold hold your Cowboys and hosting playoff game jokes. I, I am a Cowboys <laughs> fan, so please <laughs> please hold off on those. I know it's easy target right now. Right. Um, and I guess an interesting backup, hypothetically, if. Uh, AT&T was not available because the Cowboys were having a great season. Um, could they move the state title games to Globe Life Field next door mm. and play at, at the Rangers' new ballpark? Because that is football already, and they have in- indicated they want to host um, high school football playoff games. So mm-hmm. um, really- there's a potential you can move the games just uh, down the street. Yeah. And there really wouldn't be much going on in that you would assume a- – if there's not concerts and stuff going on, that there wouldn't be much going on in January at that facility. Yeah, so. that would that's certainly yeah. going to be an option. So something to keep an eye on. You got to assume again they're going to want to be indoors. That's something. Um, that's something yeah, that, absolutely. That, Especially in January, where the weather could be even dicier. So right, I, I right. would be stunned if they didn't play it indoors. Yeah. So I would say probably AT and T Stadium first. Um, it's it I mean, the NRG Stadium would be a similar situation where it's like the it's the the Texans, mm-hmm. right? So maybe I would, I maybe would, the Alamo Dome gets I, involved. I I have heard from my sources in San Antonio that the Alamo Dome is at least going to inquire about uh-huh. hosting as well. So yeah. you never know. They'll never know. Anyway, what's next, pickle? 
Um, this one coming from Andrew Christensen. What matchup that probably isn't going to happen now because of the ruling yesterday are you most disappointed to not have anymore? Yeah, so there's there's a few different games that are getting um, canceled because of 5A, 4A, or just because schedule, schedules are moving around and, and, and things like that. Um, so, for example, one one thing that that is for now off the table, from what I'm understanding, was the season opener, uh, Austin Westlake against South Lake Carroll. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the Dodge Bowl. It's going to be Todd Dodge against Riley Dodge. Um, that would have been really fun. It was going to be originally slotted to be played at AT&T Stadium. That will, at the very least, not be on as scheduled. From what I understand, based on the restrictions at Travis County and in Tarrant County, it is pretty unlikely that that game is going to happen at all. Um, so we'll see. Now, we still could get the other game that was going to be at AT&T Stadium was going to be Longview Temple. Um, we still could get that. If they, it, depending because Bell County does not have, Bell County is, is not under uh, restrictions right now, uh, and Gregg County is not under restrictions right now. They're planning on getting going as scheduled. They could just move it back and play week one, September 25th at, mm-hmm. uh, at AT&T or wherever they play. That would be fun. But I was Yeah, thinking, I, I saw I mean, something on Twitter where Hayden Henry, who does a, who covers the Longview Lobos for the Longview News Journal and, and covers Longview like a college team. He does mm-hmm. a great job. I thought I saw something where he said, as of now, the Longview Temple game is still, still a go. Yeah, that would be um, that would be uh, something that I would be uh, looking for. Would be hopefully Longview Temple can suit it up because you want to talk about two crazy fan bases. Although, again, one thing that slid under the radar, I think, with the announcement yesterday, is that every stadium in Texas will be limited to fifty percent. Uh, of course, that could be lower depending on local orders. So if you're in Dallas County, you may not be able to have um, uh, anybody in the stands. But um, 50% is going to be the maximum that you can get um, there. So anyway, that is... Uh, I got a 5A-4A game that's not taking place that I was really looking forward to. And run. that is uh, Waco La Vega at Wichita Falls Rider. I was really looking forward mm. to seeing that kind of top 10 4A versus potential top 10 5A matchup. Uh, go by the wayside because of scheduling. Yeah. Uh, hey, Pickle, can you throw my headphones down a little bit? That's what I was texting you. Yep, I just saw that. Thanks. Um, anyway, can you get me another question, too? Man, you're bossy. Uh... Man. Also, <laughs> also, give Step Hell for having an Android. Oh, I can do that. That's fine. Um, all right. We will go with uh, Tony Blaylock asked, any particular teams that stand out as benefiting or suffering from all the various changes? Um, we UIL wise or county wise. So we mentioned a couple of um, we mentioned a couple on uh, Tep and Step, but immediately um, there's a couple that jump out to me. Um, I think that Lake Worth mm-hmm. and um, oh gosh, yes, Lake Worth is in Tarrant, right? Yes, Lake Worth and Tarrant County. They're a four A program. They're the only Tarrant County program in their district, and based on now what we understand about the Tarrant County order, and you've been trying to get some clarity on this because there's a lot of moving parts on the Tarrant County order, mm-hmm. but the earliest it sounds like they'd be able to play a game would be, what, mid-October? The, the, if, if, if they can do strength and conditioning, they can play on the 8th. They can uh, play on October, they can play October 8th, 8th if, okay. if they do strength and conditioning. So, but but, here, but here's, the here's the thing about that, though, is that that would be week 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. That would be week seven, which means you are now dealing with a five-week season, and I'm fairly certain what. How many teams are in their district? Six. They 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 basically get to play their district schedule. Um, if if and but everyone else in their district would have already played five non-district games. So conceivably, Lake Worth could be lining up against uh, Gainesville in the district opener with a 0 and 0 record and Gainesville could be 4 and 1. Yes, that's that is the crazy part of it. Lake Worth, yeah. Carrollton Ranchview is a similar I was situation. Say Ranchview is the other one. Mm-hmm. Carrollton mm-hmm. Ranchview is a similar situation. Um yeah, I would say really the, the people who are in big trouble here is especially 4A Division 1. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There's a lot. The... There are a lot of problems in four A Division One. That goes into another question that was asked. Uh, Eric Price said, "How much of a cluster is it going to be figuring out four A D One? Six of the sixteen districts are delayed and or canceled. It's, it's a major though. cluster. It's going to be. It, it's it's going to be a major cluster, and and there's going to be a lot of moving parts, and 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 I think what's happening right now may not reflect what what the reality is by the middle of August. I mean, these counties 
have put and school districts have put put rulings in, but they could easily change them and, and throw us for another curveball. So right. um, I think it's going to be kind of a week to week thing from here on out. It's yeah. just going to be one. Of, it's it's going to be really weird. Well, and one thing to to keep in mind, um, I I one thing I have heard from sources close to the UIL is that they are not necessarily ruling out the idea of a one year alignment. Uh, if things really get sideways. And they and we are seeing a lot of teams drop out, and you're talking about districts that are only going to have three teams that play. Um, you could see uh, a one-year alignment where they shuffle, reshuffle things based on the teams that are are allowed to play. Uh, that is not outside the realm of possibility. There's still a lot of moving parts here that are going to come down. This is I, I've said before. I'll say it again. The the this the. The U, we're, this is not the last we've heard of the UIL, from the UIL. We're going to hear from them more over the next coming days, weeks, and and probably months here as well. So it's a fluid situation. What's, well, on a bright side of that, maybe we could actually have a realignment show that I uh, wouldn't want to throw the soundboard out the window. That would be really funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll be caught bringing up those memories. Uh, what's next, Pickle? Uh, my twin from Denton, Kayla, asked, when do early enrollees usually report, and do you foresee college coaches slash the UIL working with these kids who are still in the playoffs? I'll, I'll let Step have that one, because you had a good answer to this on Tep and Step. So, so... Remember, in baseball, teams that make the baseball playoffs and make in softball too, uh, and make deep runs, often those playoff runs go past graduation. Mm-hmm. And you, I've, you'll see it on Twitter where graduation happens on the field before a playoff game. Uh, so those students are, even though they may have graduated mid-year, are still going to be eligible to finish their season. Um, precedent's already been set um, with that. I think the big question is going to be, um, do the kids? Who, especially the big-time recruits who have a place to go and go at the next level, do they want to stick around and finish their um, high school career, or do they want to go off to college and um, and start their college career? Um, I think the college coaches and the high school coaches, I don't think the college coaches are going to force the kids to make a decision because I don't think they want to burn uh, those relationships. But, but I mean, Mike Craven wrote a really good article um, for uh, the Austin American Statesman talking to some high-end recruits uh, about the possibility of if, if the season was delayed or moved to the spring, if they would play. And pretty much all of them said they would leave. So I think it's going to be a, a decision made by the individual student-athlete. Um, it's a very difficult decision and, and one that I don't envy anyone making. Um, but just look, reading the tea leaves, I think if um, a student is forced to choose between enrolling early and going off to college – and finishing his uh, high school career, if he's going off to a, a Division One big time FBS university, I, I think he he'd choose to to go ahead and go. And so you could have the real weird situation of being really late in the playoffs and a star player all of a sudden not being available, which we kind of saw it last year with uh, the Zach Evans situation and getting suspended uh, the day the night the day of the state championship game. But we, I mean, it's possible we could see something like that again this year. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely I think something uh, that the UIL wants to be cognizant of, uh, because there is a non-zero number of players who are going to play deep in the playoffs who who would who would have signed letters of intent and stuff like that. But it's going to be really really interesting to um, to to see how that plays out because that's another kind of element that they have to balance. You know, I know that you know UIL tries to stay out of recruiting. That's not their their world. But they also they can't ignore they can't be naive to it. Yeah. And so that's something they're going to have to consider with any decision they make. And we think that's the reason we think because we both thought and we touched on this on Tep and Steph, we both thought the UIL would take Christmas week off. The only reason I can see them playing Christmas week is to try to get the season done before those early enrollees have to go off to college. It's the only logical explanation to playing on the week of Christmas. Right. What's next, Ashley? Um, we're going to go with a clarification for Jacob John here. We talked about the the possibility of there might be a one-year realignment. He asked if that would be just for football or all sports, and I think the answer to that is we don't necessarily know, but yeah. those are different anyway. Yeah. The realignment in and of itself yeah. with normal so, realignment so, and, is different. And I got asked about this yesterday. There were people people saying, oh, you know, we're, you know, this doesn't have, you know, this has far-reaching implications, and it's worth mentioning. I know, like, we are a football show, so our focus is on football, but this does impact all fall extracurricular activities. So volleyball can start on time for um, for like 4A teams. But volleyball cannot start on time for 6A teams. That's being delayed as well. So it's worth mentioning 
that while we are obviously focused on football, the UIL is not only focused on football. They're focused on all sports. And so I know that it got a lot of that, that got a lot of the, the football side of it got a lot of attention, but anything that would be done would have to be done for all sports as well. So there are already different, um, different alignments Mm -hmm. for volleyball and for uh, basketball and things like that. There are teams that play volleyball, but don't play football and vice versa. Um, that's something that, that the UIL would have to sort out. So, But what I have heard is that there is a non-zero chance that the UIL, depending on how things shake out, does do a one-year alignment for football. That is what I've heard. So what's next, Ashley? Um, up next, Josh Watts asked a question that I know that we brought up in the Slack chat. Um, how are you going to find stadiums for the playoffs for the smaller schools with the bigger schools not done yet with their season and needing their own fields? Because like we said, that'll mm-hmm. fall in, what, week nine would probably yeah. be right around the time they would be looking for those bigger, you know, playoff yeah. game areas. So I, I've got some thoughts on that, Tepper. Um, I know you do too as well, but but remember – in, with the small schools playing their state championships on Wednesday and Thursday, um, Saturday playoff games for the past few years have basically been out of the picture for 5A and 4A schools, or, five, or 4A schools and below. Uh, 4A and below schools have always played their playoff games on Thursday, Friday, because their state championships are so early in the week. Mm-hmm. With the 5A and 6A state championships being moved back, I think that opens the door for the state championships for 4A and below to, to be played on Friday and Saturday, which I think will open that door for small schools to go back to playing playoff games on Saturdays where you'll have more stadium availability. You could play at 2, you could play at 8 o'clock um, because most big schools don't like playing on Saturdays. Um, so I think wh- what you'll see is the small schools moving from playing at the bigger stadiums on Thursday nights to possibly playing on Saturdays and having double headers uh, early in the playoffs while the big schools are, are finishing up their regular season. I, I think that opens the door for more Saturday small school playoff action. Yeah, I entirely agree. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing I will say is that it would not be a surprise to see more coin flips for home and home for for uh, for that. That might be because they know that their home stadium will be available. Um, it would not be a surprise to see more of those, but I also don't think in thinking about it, cause I think you're exactly right. There is going to be availability on non Fridays. Um, and, and especially, you know, now, now that means, you know, look, the Barry center is going to be full every, like for every week, you know, every, every day of the week, they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday games. Um, yeah. so there are going to be some that are just going to be ruled out. You're not going to see them there. You're not going to see them at, uh, maybe like, uh, Mesqu- I don't know. Mesquite Memorial can probably have some, some openings, thing like that, but there are going to yeah, be stadiums that are not- Saturdays. They play on Saturday. I think yeah, McKinney you know. stadium too. Yeah. There are going to be some stadiums that are going to be unavailable, but so as a result, because there is just a, a, a narrowing of it, there will be, I would say some more home and home flips, but I would say that that you're right. There are going to be other expanded options for uh, playoff team for playoff games to happen, um, and I think their coaches are going to have to think creative, and they're going to you know maybe they have to go a little bit farther than they thought they were going to, and go to a stand yeah. they've never been to before. So yeah. they're this, or play they're, on a Saturday night or a right. Saturday afternoon, that kind of thing. There are plenty of it's stadiums good. out there. We'll be fine, but yeah, yeah, it is something to see um, to, to 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 keep an eye on when we get that far, if we get that far, right? So mm-hmm. what's next? Um, Josh watch with another one. He said, what will teams have to do with the, like the 50% fan rules? He used Canadian as an example. They travel really well. Do you drive there and get there and get turned away? My assumption would be they would do ticket reservation. Correct. Beforehand. My, my guess, my guess is that the, um, is that you're, they're going to have to reserve tickets and that they're pre-sale, not, pre-sale only, right? Yeah. It's going to yes. be pre-sale only. It's going to be, it's, I would bet that almost every stadium in the state is going to be pre-sale only. You buy it before and when they're gone, they're gone. Um, and, uh, I should probably mention our friends at hometown ticketing, hometownticketing.com. They've, they've got a great uh, situation there that if you need a ticketing solution, they've got it. But I will say that, um, I would bet that it's going to be pre-sold only no walk-ups. Mm-mm. Um, because they don't want to have the ingress egress. That's a, a word that I've learned a lot about uh, that situation. So I would say, and especially for for away fans, I bet they'll say, okay, if Canadian is traveling to Perryton, right? Perryton will be able to seat. I'll just I'm picking a number at random, 200 or 250 
uh, players on the, um, or rather fans on the away side, they are then going to say, "All right, Canadian, here's 250, see, uh, uh, you know, games that you or tickets that you can sell." I, I, they're going to have to come up with solutions to make sure that they meet what are pretty stringent UIL regulations as far as fans are concerned. Now, it does sound like they're going to allow bands, which I was actually a little surprised about. Right. Um, yep. Can't sit within ten feet of the band. I think is what they say. Yeah, so that's gonna. There's gonna be distancing and stuff like that. So um, something to keep an eye on. Uh, that, but but I would say you're gonna see a lot of pre-sales. That'll also help keep social distancing when people are coming through the gates. If you already have your ticket, rather than mm-hmm. people standing in line and stuff like Correct. that. I think that's right. Um, Let's do two more. Two more. Okay. Jason asked, "Does this shift do away with early signing day?" Um, I would not be surprised to see the NCAA adjust that schedule uh, coming down the pike. They've already kind of killed some dead, killed some dead days, or ex- I'm sorry, ex- expanded dead periods and stuff like that. I would expect that early signing period may get moved back into January, um, just because they player coaches are not have not had enough time to go out there and recruit. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them move that back, which could, of course, change things as far as early signees, etc. So don't be surprised if you see that move back. Um, depending on what football looks like in the fall. So, yeah. Uh, let's do... Okay, we'll do two more, if you got two more. Yeah. Um, Alan Shepard asks, will social distancing in press box and broadcast booth be an issue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. say, Step is the uh, the king of that realm. Yeah. Uh, they, I, there was something I think, in, in the UIL. Yeah, I think there's going to be... They're, they're, they're probably going to limit all that. And, and me personally, if I can probably sit outside, I'll probably choose to sit outside. Mm-hmm. If I can find a plug for my laptop, yeah, um, I, I think you're going to see that. I mean, they're going to they're going to you know, in the same way that they can only have 50% stadium capacity, I bet they only have 50% press box capacity. Uh, so if if your press box holds 10 people, then you're going to have five, and 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 so yeah, I think that. I also think that you're going to see a lot of a lot more stringent um, credentialing for sidelines. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I think uh, yeah, let, let, I hope so too. Let's put it this way. Of... Let's put it this I way. Mean, if you're a parent and you have been used mm-hmm. to getting on the sideline, I would not anticipate that to be the case this year. Right. In most places. I would and again, as a person being who's down on the sideline all the time, I would hope that would be the case because I don't want to be standing around fifty parents and there's nothing that I can do about it. That's just right. a personal I hope that there is way more strict ruling yeah. on that for the safety of Steph and I. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's coming. I would anticipate that if you're used to standing on the sideline, be prepared for that not to be the case in 2020. And finally, Pickle. We've got an ender from Chase Parisher. He said, what is one big question y'all are looking to have answered in the coming weeks? Mm. Um, I am – I'll take the first crack at this. I am interested to see what becomes the norm among district executive committees for – COVID-related forfeitures. Um, I think that district executive committees are going to have to come together and figure out what their protocols are for what happens if Team X is unable to play on Friday night because they have an outbreak on their team. Does that mean a forfeit? Does that mean a no contest? Does that mean this? Does that mean that? Because every district is going to have to come up with their own rule. We think of district executive committees basically once a year, and that is when tiebreakers come around for Friday uh, football or rather playoff tiebreakers. They are going to have a much more pronounced role in what that looks like. So I'm really interested to see what the norm is for COVID-related forfeitures because I think you're going to – look, I, I hate to say it. It's a it's a statistical inevitability that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If we're playing football, it's going to happen. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm telling you the reality of the situation. So that is what I am I am interested in. Uh, my, my, my big question is going to be how districts who – have to, how, how districts adjust their schedules with certain county restrictions and having a shortened schedules. Um, do they go to a zone system? Do they play every five days to try to get all the games in? Um, I want to see kind of how those districts that are really in hard hit areas try to find a path forward um, with a complete at least district schedule. So we're talking about like down in the Rio Grande Valley, um, the Houston ISD 4A district, those kind of things. I want to see how those districts uh, proceed with moving forward to get at least some teams into the playoffs to continue their season. Yeah. And I think 
my my biggest portion of that is just once kind of kind of along the same lines and this is the thing that we've been hounding on forever since once we said once we get a plan okay great that's that's what we need to start this train but yes what happens what are the exact protocols that they have to take when a player gets covid that's yes. what i want to know what it, or a, a player or a coach what is the exact thing that has to be done to either keep them on the field or to remove them completely that's what i want to know yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting and, and and it's a moving target for a lot of different schools and a lot of different districts and not every district is the same and not every school is the same so it's going to be very very different one other thing and i, I tweeted this the other day and i'll i'll end i'll end with a gregatorial i'm going to sign the bottom, bottom of the screen um a gregatorial um, I'm also very excited about high school football, like you guys are. If you want the season to happen, you, person I'm talking to right now, person hearing my voice, you need to do your part to slow the spread of COVID-19. You have a responsibility to Texas high school football as well, which is to prevent the spread, to wear a mask, to social distance, to limit the amount of time you're going out and, and gallivanting around. Because... Yes, it's important for schools to stay safe, but schools can only stay safe if we give them a community in which they can operate that is safe. So please do your part. If you want high school football to happen like we all want, you need to do your part as well. There is your public service announcement from your friend, Dave Tepper. I was thinking to say that was a dave That's a dave <laughs> <laughs> Uh Step, thanks, bud. Uh, thanks for having me. Best wishes, uh, kind regards, and... Uh, I, I don't know. When's the next time I'm going to talk to you? Probably in like five minutes? Probably, yeah. I don't leave for Canada until next Friday, so okay. I'm going to miss the thousandth show of Spectacular, but you know. Uh, we'll record something. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. You know, okay. so. Bye, Step. Bye, bud. Bye, guys. There he goes. Matt Step. Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider. And that's going to do it for us. We're off until next Thursday for episode 999, followed by the 1,000th episode Spectacular on Texas Football Today. So thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Appreciate Greg Powers being our guest earlier. We're not doing final thoughts. I know. Okay. I've, it's a, it was a force of habit. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete and Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football for being our guests. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you next Thursday for episode 999, Texas Football Today. <laughs>